And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Garage Sale Gloat. I am Chris Honeywell and I sail the seas of garage praying to the god Grom, god of all garage sales, to bring me bounty and here's the key thing, he'll do it too. Most of the time he doesn't listen, but sometimes, oh man. Well anyway, um, this is going to be a little different episode. Um, for now, there'll probably be other episodes like this, especially if people write me and ask me questions. But I got my first question for Garage Sale Gloat, and it comes from Two True Freaks listener Dario Gonzalez. And he says, Okay, just a quick note to say I'm digging your Garage Sale show. Wait, let me read that part again. Okay, just a quick note to say I'm digging your Garage Sale show. Um, you're listed as a favorite seller on eBay. Excellent. And my pal even bought me that Astrolite for my birthday. You're the eBay expert, and I've got some questions for you. Maybe you could answer it on your next show. Okay, here we go. Although, actually, I, I'm sorry because this isn't my next show since I got this. I've been slacking, but I'll answer it on a show. I see you move a lot of books. What books tend to sell on eBay as I never seem to know what to buy for resale on my site? Any advice would be great. Keep up the good work. Dario. Um, before I get on to the books, um, an astrolite sounds like some sort of sexual lubricant, but it's actually even more awesome than that. The astrolite was this old 60, I think it was like around 1968 toy, and I'm pretty sure it's it's like a spin-off made by the same people who made light bright you know making things with light where you'd stick the little pegs in and they'd light up like little light bulbs well this one was sort of like a horizontal light bright where you had the light underneath and then a panel on top and then you had all these plastic pieces that sort of looked like glow-in-the-dark plastic that you could build a futuristic city on the pegs of it, on top of it, with domes and and structures. And when you turned it on, it was sort of like a proto um, fiber optics thing, where the light would go up through the plastic, and the whole thing would glow. And there was a little disc that you could turn that would put different colors up through it. And it ended up looking like you know the cities you would see in the background of like a old Star Trek show or something like that. And it was really neat. And it had a great box with, you know, a little kid playing with it on it. And and I got it at a garage sale. And it was one of those things where it was really cool and I wanted to set it up. But I just didn't have space to set it up. And it was taking up space on my shelf. And after about five years, I'm like, I'm never going to put this goddamn thing together. And much as I hate to, it's taken up all the space. I put it up on eBay. And so now I guess it's set up in his in his apartment, which is awesome. It's great to know that someone got it. It has the thing set up, you know, because it just sat on the shelf at my place for years. And uh, funny um, thing is today, uh, as I record this show, I was I had sold a bunch of things on eBay. What happens is um, every once in a while, I don't know if they do this because I'm a power seller or have, have been doing it long enough, but 
every month or so they'll give you a week to just go nuts and you can post up as many auctions as you want up to like 800,000 and um, not get charged for them unless they sell and then they'll charge the 30 cents per auction charge or whatever. So whenever that happens, I take that opportunity to throw everything that hasn't sold in past auctions, you know, 150, 200 auctions up for, for on one day, just relist them because it's just, you can put them up at the pr press of a button. And, you know, usually you catch some in the web. This time I caught a bunch of them, like 13 things sold. And none of them were really big items. It was a chess set. Um, and uh, one of the things it sold was, um, if if you recall, it was, I probably mentioned it on an earlier show. It was a handbag, I think, from United Airlines, I want to say. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. Pan Am, maybe. But it was an old 60s, 70s airline carry-on bag and Dario Gonzalez got that and as I was packing everything up I you know I popped up the address and I'm like hey I know that name and it and coincidentally I'm recording a show based on his question today so it's fate man it's fate that I talk about that but anyway books uh -huh. books is a and eBay is a massive 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 story <laughs> Um, my view on books, I have sold a lot of books on eBay in the last few months, and mostly that's because, um, oh, four years ago, my father died and I inherited all his books and I've just been holding on to him because my father had a great book collection. He was a very, very practical books, books on how to build houses, woodcraft, all kinds of craft and antiques which a lot of them are very useful to me or a lot of them are also very sentimental to me. But a lot of them also are, are things just frankly I'm never gonna read, you know, and there's a lot of them. So I knew someday I would have to sell them. So this winter I started going through my dad's books and deciding which ones to sell. And I did sell quite a few of them. And I think basically that was because my dad was a very, was buying a lot of sought after stuff. He bought a lot of books on arts and crafts that had limited printings. You know, after a certain year, they were out of print and, uh, and they're very useful to people. So I, I found that a lot of them were very sought after. You know, some of the antique guides, you know, um, were put out by micro publishers. So they were almost like on ditto machines and those things would go for, bi for big money. Um, but that had nothing to do with my expertise. I got a little expertise selling them by seeing which ones sold and which ones didn't. Um, but as far as being an expert on selling books, wow, books and, you know, in the world of collectibles, antiques or resale or whatever, such a massive, massive topic. There's so many different kinds of books. I'll definitely be able to um, give you some hints and, and impart what I've learned, but I'm going to put this disclaimer right out, out at the top. I have just scratched the surface of, of selling books. I really don't know an awful lot about it as far as it goes like going out into the wild 
and picking up a book and going, this will be a good book to sell. I have very spotty, spotty expertise on that. But I do have some, some ideas about it. Um, what, one thing about books is a lot of people like a lot of old things and antiques have misconceptions about them where it's like, if it's an old book, it's got to be worth something. You know, so they see old books at a store, or, you know, in the in the attic or the closet, and they're like, "Hey, this is old." You know, this is an old book of uh, fairy tales. You know, and look at the beautiful il illustrations in it, and it is beautiful. But you know, you gotta sort of. Some of them are, and some of them are. A lot of old books are really not worth much of anything because they were also printed in huge amounts and people don't want them you know the people who collect them if they're not rare what do, what, what do they want with them so it's very I, I saw this one woman on Facebook who was an eBay reseller and I was watching her videos and she was talking about books and this was about six eight months ago and the way she buys old books is she just buys boxes full of them you know for 25 cents a piece and then sorts them by color <laughs> and sells them you know 50 orange Old, old orange books because people want to put them in their bookshelves decoratively and they want them to be a certain color to go with their wallpaper and stuff so you know and she, you know she'll sell a whole box full of them for you know tw 20 bucks <laughs> or something like that that she's paid five dollars for so just going by age or the beauty of the book or something isn't necessarily going to be a good as a matter of fact it'll be a very bad marker of of what it's worth it's it's um no a, a lot of it i've seemed to learn is like knowing some publishing housing houses because there were some fancy publishing houses in the past that would print beautiful volumes of things and in limited runs and not so much as like say those book club books where it's like get all of Edgar Rice Burroughs beautifully bound blah 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 this would be a little further back in time and they would be like a, more of a fancy company out of New York City or something like that and people will collect all of those books but um and it's funny I just had a huge I don't know if you want to call this a book but I'm gonna gloat about it because that's the podcast um, I got a couple magazines that were motorcycle magazines they were catalogs telling the and one was from 1910 one was from 1918 and it was the emblem and the excelsior motorcycle companies and they were on this lady's floor i didn't know, even know they were, if they were for sale they were all dirty and i was looking at them going these are neat but they were beat up and i put them back and then i picked them up again and i put them back and this was in the last podcast i think i talked about getting and then I finally decided to buy them because she's like 25 cents a piece. One of them <laughs> sold for $40. The other one sold for $380 some dollars. So those two things paid the rent. And um, another big book score I had was at an estate sale. And it was the Itsy Bitsy Spider. But it was one of 150 published. And it was beautifully bound and illustrated. I mean, beautifully, expensively bound and illustrated and on really nice paper. You could, it was one of those things where when you held it in your hand, you could feel and see the high quality of it. You know, it was, it was not bound like a normal book. It was done fancy. 
and I did a little research on it when I got, I think I got it for $3. I got it home, did a little research, and it was this fancy publishing company, and they would publish, it was published for this rich girl's birthday party in New York City from a rich family that lived on Park Avenue. And, you know, each book was given out to somebody at the part, you know, when some, it was a party favor. And I got about $150 for that. So that was, that's my other major book score aside from my dad's stuff. Some of my dad's books went for $50, um, $70, But again, those weren't things I picked out from a, <laughs> a garage sale. That Those were things that I pulled off the shelf and then did a, a search on eBay for. Um, that's really the best advice I can give you is when you if if you see a book or something or or you want to find out what it's worth a lot of times with a lot of stuff eBay's good for that books not so much because books can you can see a book on eBay and say oh that book didn't sell look they listed it 40 times but the 41st time they listed it somebody happened to be looking for that book and then bought it for $300 you're better off checking Amazon and another website called abebooks.com, A-B-E, and uh, that's another book-selling site. You won't really find out what it's sold for, but you'll find out what people are selling it for. So if you see somebody who's trying to get $200 for a book or, and you see other people who are getting the same amount, you got to think somebody in the past probably got around in that area for that book so it might be worth more but you you know you might easily get 50 or 60 for it on ebay if you put it up for that much um books that i've found that sell well um on what you want to look for odd topics ufos psychic powers the weirder the better um the more it looks like it was published as a vanity project or as, you know, sort of almost ditto quality by, say, somebody who was touring around the country selling their book and it's, you know, self-published, sometimes those can go really well if they're on something interesting or if they're about local history. Um, local history books seem to be a really good item something that basically you know the the history of a small county in Louisiana that a local historic historians written and uh, done a lot of times you'll also find old you know 1800 books on the history of the area those are even better and um, and a lot of times with that stuff that's things that people want to use for a reference so they're not going to care about the condition so much of it as the content of it. So they'll pay for a book that's beat to shit if it's got something that they want in it, you know. Um, another thing like that that I found is old phone books. Old phone books can go for a lot of money. I sold an old phone book from Buffalo, New York for over $300 of years ago and one from New York City for about $175 and they were both one the one from Buffalo was from the 20s and the New York City one was from the 40s and uh, it turns out a lot of people excuse me I have to have some soda water here a lot of people buy phone books for genealogy purposes 
and um, we'll use them as references. So uh, the, uh, every time I've had an old phone book, people have battled over them. So those are always a, a good thing. Um, once again, local history, biographies of local people, not as much as the local history, but sometimes people are interested in that. Um, a lot of things that people think are valuable oftentimes are to be avoided. I mean, there's a lot of Titanic books. There's a lot of um, John F. Kennedy books and magazines and stuff, you know, memorializing the death of John F. Kennedy and people go, oh, these are valuable because they put them away and they were like, someday this is going to be worth something. This is a piece of history. But the thing about that is there were billions of those printed, you know, and they're, and same with Elvis, you know, people see things with Elvis on them and they think, oh, this is really valuable. Um, yeah, not so much. I, you know, I, it's, it's really funny. I don't, I, I will, um, I will sift through books, but very rarely will I really go through books at a garage sale unless I start seeing something real, unless I start seeing somebody's has really good taste because 99% of the time when you go to a garage sale, it's Jackie Collins, it's Clive Cussler, you know, I'm not saying anything bad of Stephen King, not saying anything bad about those authors, but that's what most people read and it's mostly crap or it's self-help stuff and diet books and cookbooks and uh but you know mostly when i buy books i i'm usually buying them to keep because i love books i i mean uh i'm gonna put together a sort of composite picture of a lot of my bookshelves it'll only be a portion of them because a lot of them are blocked by junk but uh i have a lot of books and so most of the time I'm buying them for me. Oh, another thing that sells really good that I just remembered are the little golden guides. They were little little books, small books, and they'd be like the golden guide to flowers, the golden guide to weather, and they were little reference books. And if you can find old ones of those and get a nice stack of them, people love to love those things. If you can find the one on psychedelic plants, you'll get a couple hundred bucks for it. Um, See, those are just, I just know little. I know that from looking up the other ones and seeing it on eBay. But man, the world of books is so huge, and to learn, to get an expertise on it, you almost have to specialize in it. And when I go this summer, I've been going to garage sales with Scott McGregor, and um, you know, for the most part, I've, I've been like letting him get first crack at the books, and then I go in and and sort of clean up and look for for stuff for myself because it's so hard <laughs> to determine what's worth something and a lot of times people have their antique books and they'll have them priced really high and you, you know you just don't know what to do with it you know is you think oh, it looks beautiful and maybe it's worth a hundred dollars but i don't know if i want to pay ten dollars for this and this or you know encyclopedia sets and stuff like that so i don't mess with them a lot um yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff, you know. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many um, Time Life series I've found. So I don't want to be discouraging about it, but it's it's a hard it's a hard road to to travel. Um, some of the like um, 
I'm trying to think of stuff that I bought recently, the books that I've tried to put up and sell. And putting them up and not selling them does not is n not a measure also of the book's popularity because I've had books that I've put up five, six times and then all of a sudden ten people are bidding on it. So it's timing. I've got one that's like horoscopes of U.S. cities. And uh, I've seen, and it's a gobbledygook charts of, 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 you know, horoscopes and stuff of what city you live in. So it tells you what times of the year are the best for you and, and all that. It's all very technical and dry looking. I've seen that going for like 40, 50 bucks. I've, I've listed it about five times at 12.99 and I always get a lot of watchers. Nobody's bought it yet, but someday someone's going to buy the goddamn thing. Um, old nudie magazines do good. You can do good with, with old Playboys if you get them cheap and they're in good shape, you know, as far as magazines go. I've had good luck with um, um, Bizarre magazines, which were British import in the 90s. I've had good reassays. Uh, guitar player magazines, if you can find boxes of those for 10 or 25 cents a piece. People seem to like to buy those. But um, my advice... Um, for books is unless you want to really dedicate yourself to it and become um, in, you know a, a, an expert on books and, and books would be a great thing to resell because they're square you can stack them they, you can send them media mail so it doesn't cost a lot to, to mail them and they're not really big and bulky most of the time so it would be a great thing to sell but my advice would be just dip your toes in and start experimenting a little. Buy three or four books and and start out with stuff that you're interested in. So if you get it, it'd be something like, ah, you know, I wouldn't mind having this on my bookshelf to read anyway. And um, and if you see something that you think, oh, this might be really, might be a good book, experiment with it. Get it if, if it's cheap, especially, you know, get it and and start doing a little trial and error and in the process of researching that book and looking it up at different places and finding it out you're gonna learn things about other books you're gonna see other books that have sold for a lot of money and that's very important because then if you can stick that in your head the next time you're out and you see something like that or that or you happen to be lucky enough to run into one of those books and go aha that um, you know got a, $70 on eBay. I remember seeing it. Um, oh, you know, I just remembered. I, I sold that um, that porno novel about the, the spy that I read a section of. Uh, I got 30 bucks for that. So that was a dollar at a, a garage sale. So, you know, stuff that has that sort of retro appeal to it can go. The old pulp novels can go, but there's a lot of those. And, and they're often in beat up condition the same with the old science fiction anthologies if you find them in really good shape for really cheap you might be able to to hit it big and, and the pulp novels some of them are worth a lot of money you got to find out who the artists are and the cover that people want and who the authors that that people like are and then look for those books because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of titles of them that are just crap that nobody wants but then all of a sudden you find that one that has a painting by the guy that's a famous pulp painting cover and it's in beautiful shape and eh, you get 50 60 bucks for it so
I'm running out of time, and I think I pretty much imparted all that that's really useful that I know about books. I hope it's helpful. Um, I hope it wasn't discouraging. I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Go, go out and, and, you know, try it out and see what you can find. Um, and most importantly, report back to me. I, I'd love to know what kind of books, you know, you guys are trying to sell. I know uh, Mark Kambach, another listener and uh, Facebook friend, he seems to sell a lot of books. He seems to sell ones of, uh, <laughs> come to think of it, I probably should have had him on the show. <laughs> to talk about what books he sells. He sells a lot of religious, sort of old religious books and stuff like that. And old Masonic books, that's another thing that I'm... Masonic books and secret society books, you know, for, for you know, guidebooks of being a Mason. Those go really good, too. Keep your eyes open for those mystical society books. But then again, why would you want to sell something like that? Those are the kind of things, you know, you'd find on Dr. Strange's bookshelf. Everybody wants to have a bookshelf full of mystical tomes of secrets of the universe. So, on second thought, just hang on to those. Or, if you don't want to hang on to them, tell me about them. I'll take them off your hands. Alright, so, uh, next time, I'm hoping to have a couple more shows come out in quick succession. And me saying this will hopefully force me to have to do it. So there'll, there'll be a normal show where I just sort of gloat about what I got. And I got another on-the-road show coming where we had a third party on with us. So that's entertaining. And, of course, as usual, go to 2TrueFreaks.com to see all the plethora of dozens of, of different 2 True Freak shows. And while you're there, why the hell don't you go to uh, Amazon and buy something? And I know all you go and, and buy stuff from Amazon all the time. But when you do it, if you go to the 2 True Freaks uh, site, we got a link there. It'll take you to Amazon, and it'll be just like you regular going to Amazon. But when you buy something, Amazon gives us a little cut of, of the profits, which means you don't have to pay anything extra. You still buy as usual, and the 2 True Freaks get a little cut, and it keeps us on the air, and... It keeps us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So until next time, I'll see ya. And I wouldn't want to be a... I guess that's a gloat, right? <laughs>